Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Don Fight, Pastor Emeritus of St. Joseph's of Alliance. Welcome, Father. Thank you, Tim. It's good to be back with you again today. Yep. We're having a good time here at Living Bread Radio going through the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, and we're going through the sacraments, and uh, we're talking today, uh, continuing our discussion on the sacrament of confession. And question 232, the UCAT asks, what must I bring to a confession? And the catechism uh, nicely gives us five essential elements that make up a good confession. Uh, First, you have to examine your conscience, your God-given ability to decide what is good and what is evil. So you examine your conscience, and then you pray for the grace of contrition, where you see that you've done evil. You want to be sorry for it. Thirdly, you need to make a purpose of amendment, we call it, a a willingness to decide, I need to change this. Uh, Your purpose of amendment is followed then by the confession itself. And the fifth element of a good confession is going to be the penance that you're asked to perform or pray. Okay. Well, to me, when I examine my conscience, uh, before I go to confession, I first use the Ten Commandments as a guide. And what's mm-hmm. really nice, uh, I use the Catholic Mega app and also Laudate. Those are excellent Catholic apps. And they have an examination of conscience asking questions related to each of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. So it's about 30 questions. And, again, I go through those real quickly. Some of them apply. Most of them uh, don't. But, but there are some mm-hmm. that, that do apply. And again, it, it helps me to be honest with myself, which is hard to do when you're Absolutely. trying to take a look at the past, you know, four weeks in my case. I sure. try and go every month and, and see what I've done to offend God and what I can do to do better. And, and I, I always like to pray, dear Lord, don't have to say to me after my confession is all done, but you forgot the major one. <laughs> But uh, Padre Pio was one of our well-known priest saints uh, who used to sometimes stop people dead in their tracks and say, I can't hear your confession because your examination was so incomplete. You need to talk to me about And he would mention some sin they hadn't even brought to the fore at all. And they'd have to come back the next day after making a more complete exam. That would scare the heck out of me (laughs) if a priest would ever say, what about this you forgot? And yet, you know what? "Hmm." More people came to that priest than any other priest of his time because they wanted to make, we have that inner urge to be free of our sin. And uh, they showed that by coming back. So 233 asks, what sins must be confessed? And uh, we don't have to confess all our sins, but we must confess the serious sins. Uh, Those which are certainly capable and can break uh, the relationship we have with the Lord. Serious sins must be confessed, uh, those which are considered less serious, that, that weaken our relationship with the Lord or with other people. Um, those are not required to be confessed, but it's certainly a great thing to do uh, if we don't have 
serious sin, but sometimes we have to focus on serious sin if that's our situation, mm-hmm. and that must be confessed. I was asked one time where it says in the Bible, a distinguish between serious and non-serious mm-hmm. sin, and it's in John's first letter, chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. That's right. He talks about sin that is deadly mm-hmm. and sin that is not deadly. And I says, the church the Christ boat calls deadly sin mortal sin that's right. and sin that's not deadly venial yeah. sin. And I remember the sisters teaching me in catechism class many years ago that uh, we used to say, oh, does that mean the soul is uh, was killed? No, it was the soul's relationship with the Lord. That's what has died. It's like uh, the line was cut off and now we have to reconnect that line and that communication right. with God. Exactly. Yeah. So 234 of the UCAT asks, when is a Catholic obliged to confess his serious sins, and how often should one go to confession? Well, first of all, uh, the answer points out that upon reaching the age of reason, a Catholic is obliged to confess any serious sins. So that's when the use of the sacrament begins, when we're able to think for ourselves uh, what's right and wrong. Um, And the uh, church asks us, to go as soon as possible if we're aware of serious sin, we must do this confession at least during the Easter season. We call that the Easter duty. And uh, uh, so at least once a year, uh, we are asked uh, to go to confession for serious sin. Um, Pope John Paul II, uh, our newly canonized saint this past year, uh, he said, you know, I want to help people see that Jesus wants you so much to come, that even if you've missed the Easter season itself, any time you do come, that'll be your Easter season, but do come. And uh, so that's it, as soon as possible, at least once a year. Um, And uh, certainly we want to come before we would receive Holy Communion. We must first confess serious sin. Okay. You bring up a really good point. We tend to overlook the simple fact that God loves us tremendously. He really wants nothing more than for us to love him back. That's all he really wants. That's right. And yet, I think when people don't go to church, when they don't go to confession, when they don't have a daily prayer life, they're missing the greatest opportunity, which is to develop a relationship with God. Because how can you love somebody that you don't know or you don't communicate with? That's right. It's hard to. You can say you love them. You know, but to have that relationship and to, and to actually even fall in love and to really be close to somebody, right. you have to have uh, re- regular uh, communication and with if, And the, the easiest way the Lord teaches us that is the people that we're called to love. For you, Tim, I know you're married. So <laughs> if you didn't pay close attention to your relationship, you and your wife, uh, you to just, well, she knows I love her. I don't have to show her or tell her or, or act like it. No, you, we need to nurture love always. You're so right. So if it, what's true of our human relationships, how much more? Why, why did Jesus say, first, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and strength? Uh, that's the goal of life. So Sunday Mass and foot massages is what's worked for me and my marriage. (laughs) Going to Mass together and then her feet ache, so doing her feet. She she knows I love her. Great. Okay. 235 asks, can I make a confession even if I have not committed any serious sins? And the very fact that uh, 
you said a little bit ago that the church encourages us to come frequently, and uh, many of us do find a monthly confession is a healthy thing. Uh, that doesn't mean we have to, oh, I have no serious sins, so I can skip it this month. No, uh, the church has come to see that it would be wise um, to make confession without serious sin, too, as long as there's sin at all. Uh, because all venial sin, all those uh, those ways that I sort of ignore the, the Lord, uh, sort of just brush aside my, my need to pray all day, frequently through the day, um, anything I'm doing that is not um, healthy for me, even though it's not a serious sin, uh, it should be confessed if you wish. You don't have to confess them all, but uh, uh, the Irish monks were the first ones, I think, uh, to bring to Europe and to many of our ancestors that um, practice of coming to confession, not just for serious sins, but for venial sins as well. It's just spiritually so healthy to do that. So it might be uh, good to point out that missing Mass through our own fault is a serious sin. That's right. However, if we do go to Mass every week, isn't it true that our venial sins are forgiven uh, at the beginning of the Mass when we have uh, the examination of conscience if, at Mass? Yes, in fact, you truly pray that prayer <laughs> with the intention of asking for mercy. So sometimes we it rolls off our tongue, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, and we're not really thinking even what we're doing. So the Lord can't give to us a mercy that we don't really intend to ask for. So it's important to, even from the beginning of the Mass, like you say, to be very aware. That's a great gift that's being given to me. So, as the priest says, we can worthily celebrate the sacred mysteries. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 236 uh, asks, why are priests the only ones who can forgive sins? Well, Tim, ultimately, it's God who forgives sins, right? And only God. Uh, but God chooses to share his uh, forgiving of sins uh, with his church. And within the church, Jesus is the one who we said a couple days ago, gave to us uh, through the apostles and now through the bishops and priests, a power um, that is God's power to forgive sins. So it's a power that's shared with the priests. It's not something that uh, is shared with the whole church in the same way. So it's, a, it's one of the great powers, that, spiritual power, that comes to a priest when he's ordained. From that day on, he can hear confessions and give mm-hmm. the forgiveness of Jesus himself. I have a, an uncle and a, a friend of mine who comes to Mass every week, but they can't go to communion because they haven't uh, made the commitment to become a Catholic. They're mm-hmm. not Catholic. Okay. And the biggest problem both of them have is going to a priest to confess their sins. Mm-hmm. And I says, let me ask you a question. When you were baptized, did you baptize yourself? Well, no, I had the minister do it or the, or the priest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about when you got married? Did you marry yourself? Did you go directly to God to marry yourself? Yeah. Or did, was there a minister or someone that officiated and married you and, and your spouse? Well, a minister did. It's the same thing with confession. Sure. Christ chooses to use the priest as an extension of himself That's right. for the church for all time, you know, for the yeah. last 2,000 years so that we have somebody that we can go yeah. to and, and we can take advantage of receiving the grace of the Holy Spirit through the sacrament. That's right, and we're part of a body. Uh, Jesus is the head of our church. We are the body, but within the church, Jesus is made visible through these sacraments. And uh, why would he want to forgive us just without us even hearing the words or hearing the, feeling the touch? The sacrament is a beautiful way that Jesus himself reaches us. So uh, we, we do it, uh, yes, through a priest, 
but it's it's with the love of Jesus always. Okay, and and you you probably haven't heard a sin that you've haven't heard of before, right? You've probably heard <laughs> perhaps them all. after forty five years, Tim. I've heard okay a fair number. <laughs> so two thirty eight asks, may a priest later repeat something he has learned or heard in confession? And uh, certainly the priest cannot. Um, he, he he is bound by a promise that was made by him when he was ordained that he would uh, keep the seal, we call it, of the confessional. Uh, in no way can the priest ever say anything to indicate what a penitent has shared with him, even if it meant that uh, it's, a, it's a murderer who the police want you to say, Father, I know so-and-so came to you. Please tell us what he said or she said so that we can use that. No, that information is so private in the confessional that mm -hmm. priests have been known to die. Uh, being killed by governments that tried to make them reveal what they heard in mm -hmm. confession. Um, but we, we will never do that if we are true to the promise we made, with God's help, of course. Okay. Father mm -hmm. Joe says he has the gift of a really bad memory after each session of confession. And I would say that he's probably one with many of us. <laughs> People come the next time, they expect me to remember what they said the last time, and it <laughs> seldom happens. <laughs> Can we have a blessing from me, Father? May the blessing of the dear Lord be upon you, Tim, and upon all those who are uh, aspiring to appreciate more why Jesus gives us this beautiful sacrament of forgiving us through the sacrament of confession in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. We've been listening to Father Don fight as we discuss the sacraments, in particular today, the sacrament of confession. We have hundreds of past Faith with Father shows archived, and we are now podcasting all of the new shows. You can subscribe right on our website, livingbreadradio.com. Go to the programming tab and click on Faith with Father. Until next time, this has been your host, Tim Perry. God bless you. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.